Everybody enjoyed the rain? Torrential rains that we were supposed to have this last week. They had flood warnings in Santa Barbara County. Hope you had to put up your umbrellas, catch some rain. Well, anyway, let me give you the nugget for this morning. Whatever you compromise, whatever you compromise to keep, whatever you compromise to keep, you will certainly lose it. Whatever you compromise to keep, you will certainly lose it. Think about that. Especially since we are living in the last days. Uh, that's where deception comes in. I won't go any further than that. You have to ponder that uh, for yourselves. Okay, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word. Your word, Father God, is comforting, Father God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that uh, we get excited, Father God, for the word. And everybody that agreed said? Amen. Oh, good. Okay. Open your Bibles to the New Testament and find 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we will look at verse 15, something that uh, we've uh, looked at before. Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth uh, from the Amplified. It says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. Uh-oh. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Wow. Sounds good. Amen? Next verse. Well, she says, go to the next verse. Uh, verse 16 says, But avoid all empty, vain, useless, idle talk, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Wow, that is some heavy stuff. Uh, for every believer that's wanting to be, have an intimate relationship with the Lord, we have to do this. Uh, verse 15. Um, Yet, unfortunately, a lot of us don't study the word. <clears throat> um, and uh, that's a sad thought. Uh, imagine claiming to love somebody that wrote you letters, and you receive those letters, and you just put them on the coffee table. I will ask uh, John, when you were in the service overseas in the desert out there, when you received the letter, did you open it or did you put it away? He opened it. And how many times did you read it? Several times. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody that gets a letter from a loved one, they just don't open it. Just, oh, well, 
Aunt Matilda's doing good, you know, and they just put away. No, that individual reads that letter and they'll reread it. They'll reread it. And then they'll think, I've got to, I got to correspond here. Right? Well, all of us have letters. In fact, we've got 66 letters. And oftentimes those letters just sit on the coffee table unopened. The 66 letters are from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Those are love letters to you. Well, somewhere, if we love God, we need to open those letters and read them. Amen. And you know what? You can read them over again. Okay. Uh, opening, opening the word is sometimes a mystery to us. Nobody's ever found that a mystery. I mean, you open it and say, what is it, what is it talking about? Uh, and this is the reason a lot of Christians are miserable. <clears throat> they're mad at the ministers. They're mad at family members. or They're mad at everybody else but themselves. Because they can't open the mystery to the word. Anybody? Other? No. No truthful people out there this morning. Thank God. Okay. Uh, they say they have done, I've done everything, and I still don't get it. But have we? Okay. In the last couple of weeks, you have been learning about, on Sunday mornings, anybody, go back to at least two weeks. What'd you read on? What'd you hear? The word. What about the word? Oh, we're going to have to start the series over again. I think it was three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Oh, I'll go back three weeks ago. Sower. The sower sows the word. Guess what? We're going to look at it again. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. And we're going to do a little reading just at this point. We're going to look at three places about what the sower sows the word, what Jesus says, what the word, word of God tells us. In Matthew chapter 13, we will begin with verse 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony, upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no depthness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. And brought forth fruit, some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears, let him hear. Did you hear that a few weeks ago? Okay, let's drop down to verse uh, 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one. And catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is 
he which receiveth the word by the wayside. Verse 20. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, with joy. Anon means receive, receive uh, with happiness. With joy, received it. Yet he had not no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when the tribulation or tri persecution arises because of the word, and by and by he is offended. He also that received the seed among thorns, he, he is that hears the word, and, care, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word, and he became unfruitful. But he that receiveth the seed unto good ground is he that heareth the word, understands it, which also bears fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Glory to God. That was good. Well, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. This is the second place that uh, we're talking about this. In ch Mark chapter 4, we're going to begin with verse 3. That's Mark chapter 4, verse 3, beginning. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to the soul. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had not root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Others fell upon good ground, and yielded fruit, and sprang up. And increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some hundred. Oh, and some hundred. He that hath ears, let him hear. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to verse 14. We're still in Mark here. Mark 4, 14. The sower sows the word. Some of you are saying this is getting redundant. And these are by the wayside where the word is sown. But when he, when he heard, Satan cometh immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they had heard the word, immediately received the word, uh, receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. And have no root in themselves, and so endured but for a time. Afterwards, when the affliction or persecution arises... For the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are the, they which are sown, uh, sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of the word and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some hundred. Wow, glory to God, hallelujah. Sounds good. Amen? Amen? All right, the last one. Let's go to the book of Mark. Oh, pardon me, Luke. Luke chapter 8 this time. Luke chapter 8. Uh, we will begin in verse 5. That's Luke 8 and 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell, uh, fell upon a rock, 
And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And, and others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. He that hath ears, let him hear. Glory to God. Let's now go to uh, verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then the devil cometh and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13, they that are on the, uh, they on the rock are they which, when they heard or hear, uh, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And they, that, and they which fell among thorns are they which, when they heard, go forth, and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures for this life, and brings no fruit to perfection. But on that good ground are they which in honest and good heart have heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, in, in, the, in these three areas that we looked at, we found out there are four types of ground or four types of heart. Three of the grounds did not produce anything. There was no good results out of them. In fact, they, they were dis it was disappointing. How many of you have ever been disappointed? Some of you. Some of you are real good. Good shape. I tell you, none, none of you have been disappointed? I tell you what, for those that have never been disappointed, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to write you a $1,000 check. But I don't have the money, so now you're disappointed, right? So you can't be here. All right. These grounds show that uh, not everybody that hears the word will get results. Okay. And it's not God's fault. It's the hearer's fault. Okay. So we're going to look at number one. You're going to get out here early the way I'm going tonight, this morning. Number one, the wayside represents those who will not receive nor wish to understand and they do not value the word. They deny the word. They snub the word. They reject the word. They refuse the word and decline it in their life. In fact, to them the word is vile, restrictive, even hateful to their way of life. So they despise the word. Okay. I think you know some of these people or heard about some of these people. They will do everything and anything to remove the Christian Judeo concepts in our society. They have removed the Ten Commandments. They tear down crosses. They stop prayer. Uh, they have banned the name of Jesus in, in the public area, arena, okay? These are hard ground. These are the atheists, the agnostics, you, you name it. That's the hard ground. We're surely looking at this in a different way that you haven't heard. I think you don't think heard this before. Okay. Let's look at uh, ground number two. Okay. 
Stony ground represents those that received, it says, those that received the word with joy. Hallelujah, glory to God. They're excited about it. I think some of you could remember, uh, recall, we were all excited. We should have been all excited about the word. Amen? But as time passed, they became offended, it says, and troubled. And the root stopped growing, and it shut down. So they quit. We are not called to try the word. We are called to do the word. So you know that these individuals in, in ground two are not doers of the word. They have forgotten that there are troubles in the world. That's why they came and, and when they heard the word, they rejoiced in it because, hey, glory to God, I'm going to be out of the world. I'm not going to have any more problems. And then they find out, hey, this life is just like before. Yeah. Plus, I gotta, I've got to follow some new rules and regulations. <laughs> so I'm going to go back. You remember the children of Israel? They came out of Egypt. Oh, they were all full of joy. Man, look at the fine clothes I got from that. From my master. And look at the rings and the gold. They were all happy. Until they got to the Red Sea. And then they saw the Egyptians coming. Oh no. This is wrong. Let's go back before. And then they, you know. They got a pardon on that. They got to walk through the Red Sea. Well, you know. Some people say. You know. It was only a couple inches deep at that place where they walked. Well, that, that, there's an even greater miracle. The, the Egyptians drowned in two inches of water. <laughs> but like the children of Israel, when they got out there again, they didn't get any water, and then they, said, they started complaining. We, don't, we ain't got no water. We, ain't got no, we don't have anything good to eat. Let's go back. The word did not take root in them. And look what happened to them. None of them got out of there except for two. Out of millions of people, only two. Wow, that, that's, that's heavy. Okay, unlike Joseph, we're just going to take it. Unlike Joseph, their, their predecessor, when he encountered troubles, he kept the word before him. It was joy to his heart. The word was joy to Joseph's heart. That's the only thing that kept him going in prison and, and as a slave. It was the joy of the Lord. How many times when you get into problems, are you joyful that you have the word? Oh, boy, oh, boy. What did I get into this mixture? No, sometimes we just forget about the word. We want to sit down. Suck our thumb and cry like a baby. Okay. Okay. What can we learn from Joseph's life? Okay. Uh, keep your marker there in uh, Luke, since we're in Luke. But we want to now go to the book of Psalms. Psalms 105. Psalms 105. This is going to tell us something about Joseph. Psalms 105. 
Psalms 105, verse 17, or beginning with verse 17. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that the word came, the word of the Lord The word of the Lord, what? Tried him. Uh-oh. Okay, she says read in the Amplified. We'll read from the Amplified. Uh, verse 17, the Amplified. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold as a servant. His feet, they hurt with fetters. He was laid up in chains of iron. His soul entered into the iron. Until his word to his cruel brothers came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. What? The word is going to try and test you. Uh-oh. We don't like that one. Mm. That means patience. His patience was tested and tried, and when it was proven good, When his faith was proven good, then it was rewarded. So when, you, when the things that don't happen the right way and you prayed about it, don't give up on it. Amen. Hold on to the word because that's what Joseph did. And after, it was try, after, after you are tried and tested, you will be rewarded. Oh, glory to God. Some of us need to get, get a hold of that and stay with it. Saying, oh, I tried it for a day and it hasn't come up. It was a week. Two weeks ago I, I tried that, Pastor, and it just didn't happen. Hmm. Wow. Um, let's now turn to the book of uh, James. Book of James, chapter 1. You know where we're going. It's a familiar verse. James, chapter 1. Glory to God. In James chapter 1, we will look at verses 3 and 4. Well, let's go to verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why? Knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. What did Joseph do? He was patient. But let patient have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When Joseph was rewarded, did he want anything or lack anything? He was rewarded for his patience. Know, know that... When you are patient, you will be rewarded. Don't put any murmurs in there. No complaints, because that kind of... If we're going to go into... I'll, it's, it's like putting a switch hitter in there. You know, you're putting in somebody else. No, you're not going to punt the ball. you got to stay with it. Okay? Glory to God. So... 
Patience will develop a perfect work. You will be rewarded. Hallelujah. Some of us need to get that. Write down. I will be rewarded when I am patient. When you get to work, put that on your desk or on your work site. I will be rewarded when I am patient. See, God's, God's word does not fail. It will not return unto him void, but will accomplish that which he sent it. Okay. You ready for a second, a third ground? Now, we already read them three times, so you should, should know what the third ground is, right? Third ground is thorny ground. This represents those who receive the word, but the cares and lusts of the word, world choke the word. There is so much in their lives that it became more important to focus on what they have so that they will not be deprived to lose it. Wow. So they have the word, and, they have, and all of a sudden all these things, good things start to take place, and so they put more emphasis on the new things because i got to keep these things. And they get more and more, more and more. Uh-oh. They get so much that the word of God now becomes menial, becomes insufficient. It's easy to disregard. Uh, we can neglect that. And oftentimes, it's abandoned. This is talking about this day that we're living in. This is the day of deception. We are living in the last days. This is what's happening to a lot of Christians. We must note that this ground, this ground that, that we just looked at, was prepared to produce anything planted in it. Because it, started, it said the word grew. But then other things came along that people got sidetracked on. But their focus was redirected from the word, and those things choked out the word from out of their life, and they became indifferent to God's ways. How many, how many backsliders do you know that, that this has happened to? I mean, this is backsliders that, that have been in church for a long time, and all of a sudden, you know, a lot of things, hey, you know, I got a new boat, I got a new car, you know, hey, I just won the lottery. I don't know how many about that, but, you know, they, they, they forget about God. Mm. The word was there to produce, but they allowed things of the world to supersede the word of God. Listen, corruption, anything in the world is corruption. It drains the resources of a spiritual man or woman. It'll drain you. Think about that. Now, sadly to say this is happening to many who, who valued God's word. Their interest in other things has become more vitally important and essential than God's word. Deception, like I said, has become rampant in these last days. There is a willful rejection 
to the word of God. Now, here's some of the excuses. You maybe you're not going to say these excuses, but you can think of other people's excuses, okay? I have my own thoughts on this. God understands what I'm doing. Sure he does. He knows where you're going. Uh, this is only for a short time. Now, I'll just get over here a little bit in the, in the dark side a little bit. It's only for a short time, and I'll come back. You know. uh, this is self-delusion. This is deception. Okay, now you're ready. Let's go to the book of Job. The book of Job tells us something. That's right before the book of Psalms. If you're, And we want to go to the 21st chapter of Job. That's 21st chapter of Job. Verse 14, that's Job 21, 14. From the Amplified, yet they say to God, this is what they're saying when they get into thorniness or cares of the world. Depart from us, for we do not desire to know, uh, uh, desire the knowledge of your ways. I don't want that anymore. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this and then I'll come back. They're enticed by the world. Hello. Okay. Nobody said ouch yet. I don't know what's... Let's go to the book of Zechariah. That's the Z boys towards the end of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 7 this time. Zechariah chapter 7. We're looking at a few things that these people... Uh, may not be saying, but it's, 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 it's there because they have abandoned God's word to do, you know, follow the riches or whatever is calling them to do these things. Zechariah chapter 7, we want to look at uh, verse 11 and 12. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Pardon me? Okay, from the Amplified. We'll read from the Amplified. Verse 11 once again. But they refused to listen and turn a rebellious and stubborn shoulder and made heavy and dull their ears that they might not hear. Yes, they made their hearts as animate stone or diamond point, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, there came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Wow. You know, verse 11, they refused to listen and turn rebellious and stubborn shoulder and made heavy and dull their ears that they might not hear. You know, all of us have done that. I'm talking about when we were teenagers and mom and dad, or they gave us some restrict the restrictions that uh, we thought was terrible, that it was, it was confining. So we did, well, who are you? You know, you know, 
I, I'm, a, I'm now, you know, in it. The, the old people are old. You guys are just old. I remember thinking that that is old-fashioned. They don't know what's going on in the world. Hey, that's, that's the same pattern that this, this individual. This is what this third ground is like, this stony ground that chokes out the word. Hello. So it doesn't, you know, can apply this to anything. Amen? Okay. Since we're heading towards the New uh, Testament, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. You have something there? Yeah. Okay, we're going to stop for a second. Stay where you're at in Zechariah chapter 7. Okay? It says um, in verse 11, it says, But they refused to listen and turned a rebellious and stubborn shoulder and made heavy and dulled their ears that they, may, that they might not hear. And it, it says... So it came to pass in verse, in verse 13, came to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, he said, so they shall cry and I will not answer, says the Lord. That's heavy. You know, there can come a, part when, a point when a person hardens their heart where they go so far out there, they can cry and cry and... and God won't listen. A lot of times when people continue to sin over and over and over again, they wear this thing and, and they're crying, but it's not a true repentance. And so this is really heavy when you, when you read this. Just, mm. God help us. Amen. Yeah, you, you don't want to be in the, in, the, in the third ground here. No. Okay. Uh. Now, okay, we said we're going to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 15 from the King James verse. For this people's heart is wax gross, or gloss, and their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted that I should heal them. From the Amplified it says, For this nation's heart has grown gross, fat and dull, and the ears are heavy and difficult of hearing. Their eyes they have tightly closed, lest they should see and perceive with their eyes and hear and comprehend the sense with their ears and grasp and understand with their heart and turn it and turn that I should heal them. Wow. So you see, these people are just closed off to the gospel. They have allowed the world, things of the world, something that it's more alluring to them. Some what do you call those things? Blings. Oh, <laughs> Ladies have those, you know, those blouses with all those blings on it. <laughs> okay, so you know they they get that bling effect, and wow, this is re this is really sharp, you know. And God's word hasn't provided this bling is good. And guess what? They start following that. They forget God's word. Okay, this is what it's saying. Okay, now let's uh, turn to the book of Romans. 
real quick to the first chapter of Romans. Acts and Romans. Romans chapter 1. Okay. These people, thorny ground, know God's word, but they have drifted away. This is what, this is what we're hearing. Okay. Verse 18. Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. From the Amplified it reads, For God, holy wrath and indignations are revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So, what this individual is doing is abandoning God's word for trash. Who in their wickedness repress and hinder the truth and make it inoperative. So they're, they're stopping the word from operating in their lives and they're wanting all this bling and glamour. You know, it's, bling and glamour is great, but it's, it's, it's only a season. And if, you, and if you're in that season and your time is called, guess what? Your season with bling and, uh, bling and glamour is going to be hot and heavy downstairs. Okay. Now, 1 Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this time. Okay. We're moving. We'll get to the good ground in a moment. I don't want to leave you in, 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 in terrible ground here. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse 6. Now these things were examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So there's examples in God's word that says, you know, God puts the good and the bad down there and he says, don't choose this. Normally when God says, Choi, he says, you have two choices here. I suggest that you take this one. He says, I suggest. He never says, well, it's up to you. He says, I suggest you take this good one. We need to follow what he says. But oftentimes, well, you know, I know a little better. We go back to that excuse. I have my own thoughts on this. You know, it's only for a short time. You know, remember the guy that had all the, the how the, the his riches and all his all his crops is his barnyard or his barn was all full. And he says, "Boy, now I can rest. I'll, have, I'll build another one. I can rest." And, and God says, "Hey, your time is over. We don't know when our time is up, and you don't want to be in the wrong location." Okay, verse eleven. It goes on to say, "Now these." Things happen unto them, for examples, that they are written for our admonition upon the ends of the, ends of the world to come. So it's, it's written for us to know what's going on, how to avoid it. Okay, verse 11 from the Amplified. Now these things befell them by the way of figure as an example and a warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We, in those days, 
whose days the ages have reached their climax. We are here. It's true. Consummation and conclusion period, or the age. We are here. So we need to get this. Okay, finally, one more. Let's go all the way back to the Old Testament and find the book of Deuteronomy. You need to read verse 12 of that. Pardon me? You, you can read, read, okay, go ahead and read. read that? Go ahead and read 12. Okay. Um, Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. For no temptation, for no real trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man, that is no temptation or trial has come to you, that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted but and belonging to human experience and such as man can hear. But God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. You might want to write that down. God is faithful to his word. Amen. But it goes on and as such a man can bear God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power and endure. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way out and a means and escape, a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under, and under it patiently. So he says, therefore, my dearly beloved, shun, keep clearer, away from avoid flight if need be any sort of idolatry of loving or venerating anything more than God. I mean, he's, he's telling us, you know, um, verse 15, I am speaking as to intelligent, sensible men. Think over and make up your minds for yourself about what I say. I appeal to your reason and your discernment in these matters. And so he's saying, you might have temptation, but God will always make a way of escape. But if you don't, if you don't go, to, he's saying, get, run away if you have to. Paraphrase, get out of there if you have to, no matter what. But it, it, we've got to shun these things, keep away from them, avoid, flight if need be, any sort of, idolatry or loving or venerating anything more than God. You know, it's, it's so easy nowadays. You know, years ago it was hard because you worked hard. I mean, we work hard all day, but, you know, they had to wash their hands, you know, their clothes by hand. And I mean, they didn't have time for idle stuff. Let's be honest. They just didn't. I mean, it was hard work. But now come home, throw stuff in the washer, drive through, get your food. What it, you know what I'm trying to say? And so there's so much out there that the enemy can use to, to try to catch people that we need to be well prepared and ready to say, built up, so built up in the word that whatever comes, we know, we know that we know that we know this is not from God. And pray, God, Help me to not be deceived in this hour because there's so much deception out there. Okay, sorry, I need to share that. Amen. Let's go now to the book of Deuteronomy and find the eighth chapter. That's Deuteronomy chapter eight. Good old Deuteronomy. 
We're still on, on this uh, third ground, the thorny one. And uh, we're seeing some warnings here. Okay. That's Deuteronomy chapter 8. Look at, look at verse 11. Beware that thou forgetest not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Lest when thou hast eaten thou art full and hath built godly houses or goodly houses and dwell therein. Uh, drop down to verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We jump on that one, don't we? That, it may be, that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Verse 19. And it shall be if thou do all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. So we see that, that we can't follow through. There's that uh, warnings, and we shouldn't fall, fall into those things. So glory to God. Uh, that individual uh, that was the thorny ground had examples not to go forth and so forth. Uh, we just need to heed what the word tells us, okay? Let's go to the good ground. Everybody said, hallelujah, amen, that's me. <clears throat> Is it? Okay. Good ground is a choice. Let's go back to, uh, I told you to lose it, but I guess we had to. Luke chapter 8, that is. That's Luke chapter 8. Go back there to Luke chapter 8. Good ground is a choice. This is the only ground that produced good fruit. The other ground that, that Stony might, uh, Thorniman might have put out some fruit, but it would have been anemic, very anemic. This, this ground is resilient. It, it's patient. It never quits. It clings to the word. This individual, their lives are uncluttered with competitive interests and values. Let me say that again. Their lives are uncluttered with competitive and interest values. That means the word is always number one. Amen. The focus is there. It's not on other things, okay? Well, you know, sometimes it's great. You know, but we, when we get into other things and we start putting other things ahead of God, pretty soon it becomes a God in itself. We, we don't want that. Not only does uh, this ground put forth buds, but it, it comes to, into full maturity. It, it bears fruit. This is the goal of discipleship, okay? This believer pleases the Lord. He is the one who thoughtfully hears the gospel, gospel, understands and implements what he has received from the word. He understands and implements what he has received from the word. Now, what is the difference between the grounds? What makes this good ground? Okay. Uh, you've got Luke. You went back to Luke chapter 8. Okay. Let's look at verse 15. This is our key verse. Luke 8, 15. We'll read it one more time. But on the good ground are they which are 
are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Okay. I looked up some words, and we're going to find out. Good. The first good that you have there. But they are good ground. Good. Good ground here means being complete. Having balance. This heart is fertile. It's rich. It's productive, and it's bountiful. In its preparation, there is no contaminants to destroy or compromise the seeds planted therein. Okay. There's no contaminants to destroy or compromise the seed or the word that's planted there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Believing that we all have that. Okay, and the next word. Okay, let's look at this here. But they that are on good crown, and they which in honest. Okay, now we go to honest. Honest here means respectable, credible, commendable, being truthful, uprightness, has integrity, soundness of moral character, refrains from lying, cheating, or stealing. This person is totally committed to the things of God. He or she is loyal and devoted. They are the willing and obedient when God beckons. Nothing that God asks or requires is ever turned away. Wow. Nothing that God asks or requires is ever turned away or turned down. Oh, boy, this is, this is why this ground's so good. Okay, let's, let's go on. But then on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. Good. The word good is there again. This word is a little bit different. Good it means, means being benevolent, caring, compassionate. Giving, generous, kind, profitable, being valuable, lucrative, gainful. Wow, let's go through that again. Benevolent, caring, compassion, or compassionate. Giving, generous, kind, profitable, valuable, lucrative. And gainful. This, in, in, this individual knows how to use and distribute his seeds to attain the best harvest possible. One, one more time. This individual knows how to use and distribute his seeds to attain the best harvest possible. He is the good steward to all that God has placed in his hands. He works the seed. He works the seed. And what is the seed? The word. The word. So he works the word. He works the word to get the best results and the highest yield. Amen. Wow. Praise that's God. the good man. That's the good. Whoa, this is some good ground. Are you feeling good about yourself yet? Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. I didn't hear you. Amen. Somebody's missing the boat. Okay. Let's, 
Okay, going back. Verse 15. But they that are on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. Okay. Heart. What does it mean? This heart means understanding the intentions, the will and affection or desire for the word. Understanding the intentions, the will and affection for the desire of the word. This individual knows how important it is to keep the word central in his life and being pleasing to the Lord. He guards his heart to keep his testimony and witness pure before all men. That God may be glorified. He does Praise not boast God. in himself. Wow. Wow, that's a heart. That's a heart after God. Are you learning something about this fourth nature? Okay, I hope you are. Okay, let's go. Let's look at it again. But that, but that on good ground are they which in an honest and good heart having heard the word keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Okay, heard. The word heard means to give audience. To give audience, to hear effectively, as to perform what is spoken. To give audience, to hear effectively, so as to perform what is spoken. Wow. This is not just a hear of the word, but a doer of the word. He gives no place to the enemy to deceive or steal from him. Okay? The instructions of the word are his final authority. And he hastens to perform it with joy. Okay, we have, you, you have to be willing and obedient. A lot of us are willing but not obedient. Some of us are obedient but not willing to do it right away. This man or, or girl does it right. Is this talking about you? Are you rejoicing in your heart? Are you saying, oh, boy. Okay, let's go. Look at it again. But that on good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. Glory to God. Keep. The word keep. Are you ready? To have. Hold. To hold fast. In the spiritual sense. Will not let go of what the instruct. Will not let go what the word instructs. He or she is quick to seize the opportunities the word presents. He or she is quick to seize the opportunities the word presents. Never compromising. Always holding and retaining the word of God in the highest honor and respect. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, one more time. Are you ready? But he, that, but he on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. We'll go to the word patience. Okay. Patience means endurance, long-suffering, abiding, the quality that does not surrender, or a quality that does not surrender. 
Knowing that God's word will not go void, but will accomplish that which is sent, the individual remains patient. We could say Joseph. To receive the promise to which he has sown in faith. This individual remains patient to receive the promise to that which he has sown in faith. Amen. It's going to come through. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. Hey, this is going to turn out right. We're going to get out a few minutes early, maybe. Okay. <laughs> now do you understand and see why this individual, the good ground, is such good ground, is so productive so favored and overly blessed. You see, you compare that to, to the thorny ground, which is the same ground because it started to produce the word. But then all of a sudden it, lets, it let the things of the world come into it. This individual doesn't let the things of the world come in. And look what the great blessings it has. His zeal or her zeal and desire to please God is in their uttermost being. In other words, just like Jeremiah says, there's a fire in my bones. I've got to do it. You've got to have a fire in your bones to let the word dwell in you Amen. and overtake you. It's burning me up. I can't, can't. The only thing to. Praise you, Jesus. In the, in, when I worked in the power plant, they have huge blast furnaces where the heat, heat, heat the uh, pipes that had uh, water going through it and it turned it to steam and it would send, send that steam over to the generators which would turn and the generators would produce what we're under now, lights, you know, lighting. But there was such mass of heat. It was, it had, it was contained. And the only way that it can show its, or give off its energy, was to heat, heat the water to produce the steam which turned the generator. God's word should be in us so yes, burning, like Jeremiah said, that when we put it to the word, when we put the heat to the word, the word has... Can, can do nothing but produce for us. But some of us don't even have a flicker. You know, you got to flip the big. It's a light. That light is real bright in, a, in the darkest setting. I mean, if this was all dark in here and we just had one little lighter, you know, we're all saying, hey, that's light. But it doesn't compare to what we got here. We need to have such light that it's pushing the word out, Amen. making it come forth. Amen? Glory to God. Okay. I believe as individuals, glory to God, we can attain to this level in our walk with the Lord as we put forth the needed effort, glory to God, that God has spoken forth in Luke 8, 15. Circle this one. Look at, look at it. You've got, if you've taken notes, you can look at it and you begin to meditate. It's going to even be more expounded to you. 
but maybe we'll have a test on it next week. We'll try sow or sow is the word and see who, who has sown the most or reaped the most. How about that? No, we won't do that. We'll see it in your lives. Glory to God. How are you? So I called you blessed this morning. Right on the nose. So go forth and accomplish what God has called you to do. Because you are good ground. Don't let, any, don't let the enemy take it. Don't let the enemy put, and don't let yourself put the bling in your life. The, the thorns. Bling is not... Hey, some people give their whole life to get bling. And it doesn't amount to anything for eternity. That bling is gone in this lifetime. You want a light that's going to shine forever. Glory to God. You have something there? Okay, let's all stand. I hope you got something out this morning. Yeah.